Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Let's read Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them, and God blessed them. Now let's read chapter 2. We read verses 7 and 8. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul and the lord god planted a garden eastward in eden and there he put the man whom he has formed verse 21 and the lord god caused a deep sleep to fall upon adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the lord god has taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man and adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one and they were both naked the man and his wife and they were not ashamed the creation of man was special it was distinct okay and we saw that man bears the stamp of god upon him which the animals did not bear the creation of man was distinct from the creation of animals and what we were doing when we left up the last time is that we were looking at these five ways in which the creation of man differed markedly from the creation of animals from the creation of life upon the earth when god created man as we read in that account in genesis chapter 1 and genesis chapter 2 we saw that there were distinct difference between the way god created human and the way god created plants and the way God created the animals. And each one of these five distinct different have great significance. And what we've done is to go through the five list and we are back talking about some of these five things to look at their significance. We've spoken about the first and we stopped while we were speaking about the second and we are going to go back to that. So we, we're going to go through the list and then we're going to come back and look at the implication of some of these five differences because there's a reason why God created this differently now let's let's go through the list again and then we will go through that but what we saw is that number one there was a divine conference that preceded the formation of man there was a divine council number two that man's creation was unique in that one God formed his body from the dust and two God breathed the breath of life into him third point the sexes of mankind were not created simultaneously, as in the case of the animals. Rather, the first female was built from a section of the first male flesh and bone. Let's go on to the fourth point. Unlike animals, mankind was not broken down into species because God, when he was creating other lives and other animals, he was creating them and according to their kinds. But the creation of man was not like that. Instead, man was designated by sexuality. God created them male and female. And finally, when we look at Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, it is clear that mankind alone was created in the image of God. So we are in number two where God formed the body from the dust, the body of man. 
from the dust and God breathed into it the breath of life. I will read that Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 again. And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Now, there are some couple of things we started singing. It is important here for us to sit down and understand this man. And obviously later this woman that God has created because we need to understand the nature and the character of man that God has created we saw that the creation of man is of preeminence importance we saw that actually when God created man God created man with a purpose because God was going to give them dominion over the living and also we saw that there's something about man that is associated with the nature of God himself and one of the things we saw when we were finishing is the fact that man has three parts body soul and spirit body soul and spirit and one of the things we saw is that the the bible often talks about the soul and the spirit of man as one even though man has three parts oftentimes the bible often talk about man as two sections and remember we read a couple of scripture the last time ephesians chapter 6 chapter 3 sorry Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 talks about the inner man. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 talks about the outward man and the inward man. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 3 talks about the hidden man of the earth. Obviously, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 13 talks about spirit, soul, and body. Okay, and that is what I really want to talk about today because it is very, very important for us to be clear, to understand the nature of man. Yes, so man is made up of three parts, body, soul, spirit. But oftentimes when you read the scripture, you will see the scripture always talk about man as two sections, the inner man, the outward man. The outward man is actually, you know, decaying, is dying. The inward man of Christians are, you know, being renewed day by day. So the Bible talks about the hidden man of the earth. And when you look at the Bible, you will see that the soul and the spirit of man are often used interchangeably. Okay, the word soul and the word spirit. When you read the Bible, the word soul and the word spirit are used interchangeably. Let's look at some of these examples. And I just want you to see some of these examples in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 15. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 15. We see Hannah here. Hannah was answering Eli when Eli actually was trying to tell her she was drunk. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. You can see here, Anna actually used the word spirit and soul interchangeably. Job chapter 7 verse 11, again Job was talking here, pouring out his spirit. Therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit and I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Again, you can see how Job used those two words interchangeably. My spirit, my soul. Isaiah was writing in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 9. With my soul I have desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee. For when thy judgment are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Now, let's get this straight. The Bible definitely tells us the testimony of the Bible is that man is made up of three parts. And that is why we call man a tripartite being. Man is made up of three parts. That is very clear in the scripture. The body, the soul, the spirit. 
But what we see in the scripture is that oftentimes the Bible often talks about the soul and the spirit of man together. It is often the way the Bible talks about the, the spirit and the soul of man. So oftentimes the Bible talks about the outward man and the Bible talks about the inward man. We talk about the outward man and we talk about the inner man. We talk about the hidden man of the earth. Okay, so, and what we read, where we read is that you will see that oftentimes, particularly in the Old Testament, oftentimes they talk about spirit and they talk about soul and they kind of mix them up, you know, and you will re remember in, in, in Hebrew language, basically when you read the scripture, the sentence is so, you know, scripted in such a way that they will say one word and they will say another word to explain the one word and those verses that we have read, Hannah, Job, and then Isaiah, you will see that they ascribe something to their soul as if they are ascribing it to their spirit. And the reason for this is, again, like I said, oftentimes the scripture always talk about the soul and the spirit together. It's not that they are not different. It's not that they are, they are the same, but it's because they are always, always spoken to together. In fact, when you look at the scripture, oftentimes the Bible talks about heart. Okay, they all talk about the heart of men are desperately evil who can know it. Oftentimes, when the Bible uses that word heart, oftentimes it's talking about this combination of soul and spirit. But sometimes the Bible uses the word heart when it's only referring to the soul, and sometimes it uses the word heart when it's only referring to the spirit. I'm not going to go into the detail of that. What I'm trying to bring out is that when you look closely at first Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3, and Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, which I'm going to read very soon. Where the soul and the spirit are, you know, differentiated for us, the point that Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 is bringing out to us is that it is difficult to separate between the soul of a man and the spirit of a man. And that is the point that Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 is actually trying to bring out for us. Let us read those two. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 says that, And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But now, now look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joint and marrow, and is a designer of the thought and the intent of the earth. Now, it is very, very important that what Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 is trying to tell us is that the word of God is so powerful, is so distinct, is so different, that the word of God is so powerful that it is the only tool that can actually that is sharp enough that can separate that can penetrate to the hidden boundary between the soul and the spirit and that is what hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 is telling us that is only the word of god that is sharp enough to pierce enough that is sharp enough to pierce and penetrate to the hidden boundary of the soul and the spirit now at death the soul of a man the soul and the spirit of a man will separate from the body at death okay so you cannot separate the soul of a man and the spirit of a man, the soul of a woman and the spirit of a woman. You cannot separate them from their body but at death. But death is powerful enough. Death is sharp enough to separate them. But there is nothing else. Death is not sharp enough. It's not powerful enough to separate between the soul of a man or the soul of a woman from their spirit. It is only the word of God that is sharp enough that can pierce to that boundary between the soul and the spirit. But at no point in, 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 the, in the Bible or at no point in, in eternity will our soul be separated from 
our spirit. Now, it is very, very important for us to understand it because we are going to start talking about something that happened to this man. Remember what we said, that when God created man, man became a living soul. It is important for me to establish this because of what we are going to look at, because of the lies that the devil has sold some people, some people that feel that when they die, they just disappear. When you begin to understand the essential character and the essential nature of man, you begin to understand that annihilation is an horse. When we die, we don't disappear. So we need to go back, and this is why it is very, very important for us to go back and understand this essential nature and character of man. We are spirit, soul, and body. So again, I'm going to say this, our spirit and our body links each of us to the two realities we can partake of during this life. You need to understand that we are living soul. Our body, our body connects us to the reality of the physical. We are able to connect and interact and receive information and interact with the physical world because we have a physical body. The same way we can interact with the things spiritual, we can interact with God, we can receive from God, we can receive the word of God, we can receive the revelation of God, we can receive the presence of God, we can interact with the spirit of God, with God the Father, God the Son, by the reason of our spirit. So our spirit and our body links each of us to the two realities, the physical reality and the spiritual reality that we can partake of during this life. And remember what we said the last time, a dead soul is one in whom his spirit has been disconnected from the source of life, which is God himself. The spirit is still there because the soul and the spirit of man cannot be separated in death. The spirit is still there, but a dead soul is one in which the spirit is dead. The spirit is dead in that it has been disconnected. Like I said, I have this bulb in front of me. They have light. That is why you can see me. But they have light because they've been connected. They are firmly and rightly connected to the source of light, which is electricity, to the source of electricity. But if I unplug them, the lamp will still be there, but they are dead. Why? Because they are disconnected from the source of life. So our spirit and our soul connect us to the spiritual and to the physical reality respectively. Our soul, and it is very, very important for you to understand this, our soul is not in one part or space of our body. So, you know, somebody was trying to be smart and he kind of said, he was doing operation and he opened up a man and said, I cannot see the spirit of man here. You know, some people try to be wise, but they become full. Our soul is not in one space. <laughs> our soul and spirit together, they are not in one part or they are one, not in one space of our body. Neither is our spirit in one part or one space of our soul. They are all intertwined. Our soul and our spirit, the inner man, the hidden man of the earth is intertwined with our body. And when our soul leaves this body, our soul and spirit leave this body, the soul and the spirit of man are intertwined. But as we said earlier, the soul and the spirit of man, they will separate with the body in death, but the soul and the spirit of man will be one throughout eternity. Now, you need to understand that if it is possible for you to see the soul, the spirit, and the body of man, they look alike. Remember the story of Lazarus, in the story of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke chapter 16. In the body, they knew each other. But when they died, when they shed their body, and Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom, and the rich man was in hell. The rich man recognized Lazarus, and Lazarus recognized the rich man. 
the rich man recognized Abraham. And this is very, very important. That, that means that the inner man of Lazarus and the inner man of the rich man looked exactly like they normally look like when they were in the physical body. How many of you have noticed that when somebody died, they suddenly seems not to look like themselves because the real picture, the real life, the, the, the being that gives it that image, that life has gone. Okay, and what you have there is just the shell. So what I'm saying is that if you can, if the body of a man or a woman can stand and still be alive and be moving, which is not possible, and the, the soul, the inner man, the soul and the spirit are standing beside it, they look almost, they look alive, not almost alive. So what I'm saying is that your soul, our soul, and our, our soul is not in just one space. Our soul is another realm. And remember, our soul, the soul of a man, the soul of a woman is not the brain. Okay, the brain kind of give us a representation of what our soul looks like, but the soul of a man is not the brain. Okay, our soul is the seat of our emotion, the seat of our will, our mind. Our soul is more, is greater than, is not our, our mind, it's not our brain. I'll say that again. Our soul is not our brain. The brain is a physical representation of the soul even the brain this central nervous system you need to understand that your brain goes right down into the spinal cord and send nerves all across the body so your brain is actually connected to every cell in your body so the brain and the nervous system as it were give us a physical representation of our soul but our soul is made up of a spiritual material remember what we said the other time the spirit, the soul of a man and the spirit of man are made out of the same material. Our soul is spiritual. It's made out of spiritual material. Our spirit is made out of spiritual material. Our soul and spirit is made out of God material. The material of the God realm. But it's connected to this body so that we can, we can connect and interact with the natural reality. So our body allows us to connect with the natural reality, whereas our spirit allows us to connect with spiritual reality so that we can sense and interact with the physical realm and we can sense and interact with the spiritual realm like the presence of God's spirit and the reality of God and hear and sense and receive inspiration from God. Hallelujah. Yeah, I have three circles here. So the white one, this first one I'm using to represent the body that to represent the soul and that to represent the spirit so man is a tripartite being we have a body we have a soul and a spirit but on earth this is actually the way we look like so when you look at man standing you actually don't see three individual what you are seeing is one being because the three part of man is intertwined Again, like I said, our soul and our spirit is not in one space or in one cavity in our body. Our spirit, our, our body is wrapped around our spirit. Okay, and this is what we look like. And I'll, I'll go back again. Okay, so even though we are body, soul and spirit, actually when you look at it, we are one being. We have three parts, but we are one being. Body soul and spirit our body linking us with the natural world our spirit linking us with the spiritual reality and we living on this earth as a living soul 
Praise the Lord. Now, after that, what happened? This is what happened after that. After that, the body is separated from the soul and the spirit. Now, the soul and the spirit, this is actually still one. So, what happened after that is that the body falls and the body is the body disappears. The only part of you now that will disappear is your body because the dust will return to the dust. But what we have is the body disappear. But what we have here is actually our soul and our spirit. And I represent them as one because, like I said, the Bible says throughout eternity, both of them will be forever one. Now, what happened to the glorified man if you are saved? What happened to you? The Bible says this is what is going to happen. That God is going to give us a glorified body. And I'm going to end up with this and I'm going to come back. I'm so excited. The Bible says that God is going to give us a glorified body. So in eternity, a glorified, saved man and woman will be tripartite being. We'll have a body, we'll have a soul, and we have a spirit but the only difference here is that his or our body will be a spiritual body so our body our resurrected body will be made out of the same material that our soul and our spirit are made up so the teaching of annihilation is a horse yes your body will be annihilated yes your body will disappear but you will not the you your soul, your spirit will live through eternity forever. The question is, where are you going to spend eternity? Where am I going to spend eternity? But if you are saved, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that you will receive a new body, a glorified body, a resurrected body, so that your body will share the same essential nature with your soul and with your spirit. Now, let's establish that. I'm going to read a couple of places that actually show that, and then we will close. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, which will happen to our body, we have a building of God, and house not made with hand, eternal in heaven. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed over with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not that we should be unclothed, but be clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up in life. Now let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 52 and 53. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mother must put on immortality and the lord jesus christ in luke chapter 24 verse 39 this was when the lord jesus christ has risen from the dead he said behold my hand my feet that it is i myself handle me and see that a spirit has not flesh and bone as you see me have wow 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 praise the lord praise the lord this is telling us a very important thing that even though in death our soul and spirit, the inner man, the inner woman is separated from the body in death. But that those that are saved, that have known Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are not going to stay in eternity as disembodied soul and spirit. God is going to give them a new body. A new body that is made out of supernatural spiritual material, just like the body of the Lord Jesus Christ when he resurrected. You know, 
it didn't have any blood it's called it flesh and bone because it's poured out his blood the spiritual body doesn't have doesn't need blood because it is sustained by the life of god himself and the lord jesus was able to pass through physical world because he now have a spiritual body and the bible says that when you are still alive when you and i are still alive when the lord jesus come we are going to be changed and this body is going to be overwhelmed this mortality is going to be taken over by immortality and our body is going to be changed we are not going to be given a new body a new tabernacle he said but the people that have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the people that have rejected the provision of salvation, they are going to stay in eternity as a disembodied spirit, but the disembodied spirit cannot be allowed to roam through the universe because they are dead spirit, they are wicked spirit, and they are going to be incarcerated away in prison because they cannot roam the universe like demons in the new heaven and the new earth but as born again people that have received the salvation from the lord jesus christ god is going to give them this new body this glorified body that the lord jesus christ also received when he resurrected from the dead praise i'm going to stop here today and if you are listening to me this is what is going to happen to those that have received jesus christ as their lord and savior they will spend eternity with him with new body and live eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth. You can join them today. Just accept this gift, this precious gift of salvation from the Lord Jesus Christ. Call him. Ask him to come and save you. Admit that you are a sinner, that you need a savior. He will come. He will save you. And he will make you a son and a daughter. And in the new heaven and the new earth, you will spend eternity with him as a child of God. Do it tonight. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.